Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light, the Fight podcast. Welcome to the OG Therapy. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to episode 22 of OG Therapy, but we want to give you a little heads up. This episode, even though we answered five questions in this episode, this episode had some audio that was a little wonky. But hey, don't you worry. We're going to get all those questions that you had answered in these upcoming episodes just for you guys. So make sure that you stay tuned, be prepared, and watch out for those vans that you guys are anxiously waiting for. That's right. That's right. So we got plenty more questions coming on. Uh, these questions, though, don't worry about the future episodes after 22. The audio is going to be much better. So enjoy the episode. Thanks again. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of OG Therapy, episode number 22. Deuce, deuce. On both sides of me, K. Scott, Rojo. We just got done doing our very first, well, we've done an OG Therapy assembly before, but this is the first one with the full team, all three of us, at Fremont High School. We want to give a big shout out to Fremont High School and thank them for having us out there. And I think it goes without saying, but the kids nowadays, they told us it was lit. Amazing. <laughs> lit tea, right? But from, from, from your guys' opinion, did you guys have fun or what? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was awesome. I mean, being able to just see a 6A school for my first for my first time experience in a 6A school with 2,200 students. Mm. And it was like yeah. two assemblies where you had a big group, the 1,100 first come in, yep. then you had a second a, a 1,100 on top of some of the repeat offenders I was still coming in, you know, some of them. Yeah. Some of the kids like, oh, y'all want to come do this again? Yeah, yeah we, we, we had kids come in the first assembly, yeah. and then... The second assembly was more packed. Like, hey, we we ditched our class. Come the second one, we're like, we're like, don't, we're like, don't do that. Yeah, it was good though. I loved it. I loved the vibe and everything out yeah. there. So. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, man, them kids had tremendous energy out there. It was dope. And also too, I mean, we got to talk to them about relationships because um, for those people that are listening to this as a podcast but didn't see our flyer that we post online, mm-hmm. um, what we're doing uh, on this podcast, OG Therapy, we're actually doing it in high school assemblies. And we'll be doing it for businesses really soon. We just want to focus on high school assemblies with teens because all three of us, that's what we do. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're working with youth. You've been working with youth for a long time. You know, that, that's we all pay our bills helping youth. Without yes. a doubt. Yes. And so today was really big. Uh, we did our presentation. K. Scott ended it with a great, uh, great song. Had the kids jump in, had the kids jump around, the flashlights going. You have the jacket on. Hey, yes. you see it? The cardigan? <laughs> so... Who did you get that cardigan from? Someone Zach, kid. Someone kid, of the kids? Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. I know the name so, on it. So, you know the, the, yeah, what was, was the name? It was Zach, sophomore. Um, Zach something, right? Well, Don't say the last name. Zach. Don't say the last name. It wasn't the last okay. name. Yeah, it was Zach, and then on the other side it says sophomore. Um, so he was a sophomore for sure, but it was Zach. It fit. Shout out to Zach, man. Yeah, I thought you were going to rip it. Well, as soon as we got there, I know. <laughs> as soon as we got there, yeah, that was funny, because as soon as we got there, you know, Kenneth, he can't help himself looking at some nice fashion, right? And so he's like, ooh, those sweaters, that looks better than like a, um, than a, a jacket, right? Mm-hmm. Than a leather jacket. Yep. I was like, yeah, that's some Pharrell. Uh, what's the uh, Chance the Rapper, Chance the Rapper does, like, yep. does that? And he's like, oh, that cardigan's nice. And so I just thought he was like, thinking it was nice. Then he goes to perform in the second assembly. <laughs> Next thing you know, he has one and starts putting yep. it on. I'm like, first of all, you're going to stretch that thing out. <laughs> that's Second of all, I was like, where did you get that from? But it worked. It worked. The kids loved it. Kids loved it that you're wearing their sweater, you know, Fremont High School. And there's a cool little connection for, obviously, all the kids listening to this. Thank you for tuning in to the OG Therapy Podcast. Thanks for just being just amazing. I mean, sure. We had lines of kids coming up, take pictures with us, yeah. hanging out with us like we're celebrities. But I think it's safe to say that the reason why they connected so much with us is because we didn't get up there and give a presentation. Mm-hmm. No, no. We were just talking to them, freestyling, answering some questions. 
And they really liked it when you told them that you went to Fremont High School in yeah. South Central LA. That was quite a coincidence, huh? Yeah, I was holding it down from my, from my school in Class 05 <laughs> in LA at uh, John C. Fremont High School. Yeah, so tell our listeners, so you went to John C. Fremont High School in LA. Yes, yes. Um, I went there for my junior year as well as my um, senior year, and I graduated from there, Class 05. And um, John C. Fremont is the exact name of the Fremont that's here in, in Utah. So when I went, we're pathfinders though you know and then for them they're silver wolves and it was the, the the connection was really good and the principal he walked me up beside and showed me a picture that we have at, at our at my school in LA like we have some of the same pictures uh, talking about John C. Fremont which was because he was an explorer yeah he was an explorer yeah. I didn't know that when you first told me that like this is my high school I'm like I was about to say Rojo it just has the same last name that's all <laughs> Fremont was last Fremont. and then it turns out you're the same thing yeah same guy like as soon as I said, oh yeah, my school's named Fremont. I was like, yeah, it was John C. Fremont, and the principal was like, no, ours, ours is John C. Fremont. I was like, whoa. He had to go look at the plaques yeah. and then. Oh, no, let me double check. Well, and then and that was the vice principal, and then the principal said she went to John C. Fremont in Las, Vegas. Las Vegas. So it turns out he really was an explorer. Like he came through Utah, went through Las Vegas, went through uh, L.A., and of course I made the joke. I'm like, yeah, when we're pulling up here. It's like you're seeing horses coming up to this John C. Fremont. You didn't see no horses in South Central LA when you're going to school in the morning. <laughs> uh, uh, my, my, my Fremont was. You saw some yeah. lowriders, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 But not some thorough, not, was, not some Mustangs. It was, it, was, it was a lot of Latinos. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot, a lot more Latinos at my school. Oh, and, for and sure. Yeah. yeah. Love my school. Though. Well, that was fun. Well, here's what we did we promised the students. We had over 300 questions come in from the students of the school. So we got a lot of questions to get to. We picked out five questions for today. These five questions, you guys will be winners, okay? So, okay, take the back. Three of these five questions, you're gonna be winners. We're gonna be having to do a lot of questions over the course of the next couple of weeks. So please, all you students, be patient with us. But three of these questions, we're gonna let you guys know. We're gonna contact your school, let you know that you're a winner. We, we wanna be, uh, we want to let everybody know that we're very thankful for the uh, support that um, the Fashion Place Vans and Southtown Vans um, are giving my nonprofit for teens. And through my nonprofit for teens, we are donating to OG Therapy and these assemblies to give out shoes and swag to the kids. So we're going to pick out three of these questions of these five. Let you guys know. We'll be sending you shoes, whatever stuff from Vans. And, um, and if we don't have your size, whatever, we'll send you gift cards as well. So as promised in the assembly, we're going to hook you up. Not just in the assembly, because we gave away some cool gift cards and stuff today and some shoes at the assembly. But we're also going to be hooking up for your questions. We're going to be giving away a lot of stuff, because we have over 300 questions. We can't give it to 300 people. But every time we do an episode, we'll pick two or three That's of good. the questions to give, some, uh, to give some more swag to the kids. Okay. So let's start with this. So the first question is... And this is a little, I got to reword this a little bit. It says, how do you know if people are making fun of you or if they like what you like? Okay, so, okay. How do you know if people are making fun of you or if they really like the same things you like? Okay, this is a good question. I'm going to go off on this one for a second. I'm not picking out, again, even though I'm a therapist, if you listen to, to the intro to the song, I mean, the intro to the podcast that, that K. Scott did, this is not therapy. So let me just tell you, I'm not giving you therapy. I'm not diagnosing anyone. But what I found out in today's world, a lot of kids have a much harder time reading the room. Mm -hmm. So they walk into a room and social cues aren't as obvious. Now, again, I'm not diagnosing anyone. But if anyone that's listening to this is familiar with Asperger's, well, it's not Asperger's anymore. It's, um, I was going to say Down syndrome. No, it's uh, uh, no, oh my gosh, my, my brain's going blank. How, how early did we get up this morning? Uh, um, no, on the autistic spectrum, okay? Gotcha. I'm, I'm tripping. So Asperger's was high-functioning autism. When someone's on the autistic spectrum, they have a difficulty understanding facial, facial cues, um, certain social cues that most people mean, oh, that person's mad at me because they're looking like this and they have their fist clench, clenched. Someone that is on the autistic spectrum, meaning you know, there's different variations of how intense it is, it's gonna be harder for them to understand other people's body language, social cues, and facial expressions. It's really at its core, it's, it's, it's a social disorder, right? So I'm not saying that every kid in today's world has autism or is on the autistic spectrum. But what I'm saying is that very similar to autism, when you spend a lot of your life where you're staring at a phone, you're staring at a console playing video games, and you're doing lots of digital communication, you are going to get better at digital communication. Sure, yes. 
So 55% of the way that human beings that we connect and we communicate with each other is expressed through our facial expressions. Mm -hmm. Most people know body language in general is the majority of communication. Like someone could say, oh, it's so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you. Right, and you can see this on yeah. the camera, it's fake. The facial expression is going, you're not happy to see me and I'm not happy to see you either. We're just pretending that we like each mm -hmm. other. Right? This could be at a Christmas party. This could be, <laughs> you know, hanging out with, you know, certain, certain friends that you don't like the person they're dating, mm -hmm. right? So I bring this up because this teenager is asking a very good question. How do you know if someone actually likes what you like or if they're low-key making fun of you? That's a difficult thing to determine. You don't have to be on the autistic spectrum, but if you spend most of your life observing people from the outside and you don't get a, real, a lot of chance to practice, understand things, it may be difficult. Then on top of it, it's just difficult Period. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know if someone's playing you. Usually when people ask questions like this, they've had experiences where they thought that people were like laughing with them and then all of a sudden they found out they were laughing at them. Mm -hmm. Right? For sure. So the one thing I want to say to this is that one of the things that you could do to help you better understand, and I want you guys to weigh on this, if someone likes what you like or not, is pay close attention to their facial expressions, mm -hmm. just like I said, and their body language. Mm -hmm. There's a facial expression and body language that shows someone's mocking you mm -hmm. versus if someone's talking with you. Mm. Yeah. If they're mocking you, it's gonna be like, ha 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 ha, it's a little over the top right. and it's not genuine. If they're talking with you, like, no way. Like, I like that too. That's it. That, right. Oh yeah, you, you're into that? They'll point something out on your shirt. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, like you wear those pants too? Like, I have shoes just like that. Yep. That means they're trying to connect with you, they're trying to find common ground. If someone's trying to find common ground when they're telling something about uh, you that they like, that's a better sign that they actually like it. If someone is saying like, oh wow, that's so amazing, that's so cool, like wow, I'm so glad that you told me about that, that's sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Look for sarcasm, and you can usually see the sarcasm in the tone of someone's voice or in the facial expressions. Right. Have you guys seen that before when just, just you know, hanging out with other people, if someone's yeah. being disingenuous or mm -hmm. if they're actually mean what they're saying? Without a doubt, and one of the things you can do, like how you mentioned, is shoot, on the opposite side of the spectrum, you can uncover a lot of things, ask them questions, what, what made you curious about it? Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to find out if they're being real. Yep. Like if someone says, "Oh yeah, uh, oh man, that, that's a, that's a really cool band. Uh, you like that band too?" It's like, "Yeah, well, how come you got in the band?" Yep. Uh, uh well, <laughs> and and here's the thing is, what this kid is asking may not actually be a bad thing. Some other teenagers, mm -hmm. I watch them in my class when I'm, you know, watching teenagers in the wild, right? Mm -hmm. And some of them don't really know how to connect well, so they'll pretend to be interested in something another teen's interested in. Mm -hmm but they're not really playing it all that clever or that well because they just want to connect with the kid. Mm -hmm. So just let me know, and sometimes if someone's pretending to be interested in something, they were taught that if you show interest in something that someone else is interested in, that's a way to connect with that person. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't always mean they're mocking you. And another thing, I think it's safe to say that if a lot of kids are having struggle, struggles with social interactions, that means who's ever asking this question, they're not the only one. Mm -hmm. Most kids will tell me, I have social anxiety. And another kid will say, well, I have social anxiety. Another kid will say, I have social anxiety. I'm like, well, if we all have social anxiety, then we should feel comfortable around each other. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it's not that easy. Right. No. Okay? Well, let's jump to another question. Now, the same person asked another question. They said, I have another question. How do you know the difference between true friends and fake friends? Mm. Now, I don't have to lead this one off. I think both of you guys uh, are qualified. You've lived long enough lives as, as OGs yourself. Well, what are some of the things that stand out to you that if you know someone's a true friend or a fake friend? Um, I mean, it, it goes back to exactly what Kay Scott was just mentioning about um, asking questions, being like, like really want to know is this person... Interested, you, curious. You have to be curious yeah. about it. Just dive a little deeper. And I said it today at Fremont High School, and I say it a lot, which is... Um, um, friends and associates mm -hmm. like I, I had to learn that growing up in my neighborhood I had to understand some of my friends and associates and then when you have a lot of friends because I have a lot of different friends yeah. from different from mm -hmm. different sides of LA I start to understand which ones are really there for me which I can consider friends mm -hmm. I can yeah. really say I can call this person and tell them something that's really deep and I know that they'll have my back mm -hmm. and and then on the flip, like you flip the coin on the other side, you have associates mm -hmm. where you respect them. You're going to say hi to them. You're going, you know, 
you're going to share things, but mm -hmm. you, sh you can't share everything with this person. Sure. And you know that this person is going to be somebody that's going to be uh, deep down envy, jealous. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can test them out by saying the same question. So say like, I'm gonna ask one of my friends this question, and then I'm gonna ask one of my associates this question. You will be, you will be well aware of how to clear that up of like, this person really cares about me. This is somebody that I know that I can see myself as in they're pushing positive energy into me compared to associates that's pushing half of the positive energy, but then also being a, a, a vampire, a energy vampire, they're, they're taking. They're, they're also gonna use a little bit of the negative of yeah. like, I don't think that's. I don't think that looks good on you compared to somebody that's a friend that's like, hey, it looks good on you. So you gotta yeah. like figure out which one is which. But that's like a. It's like a, it's hard. It's very hard yeah. to tell who's a real friend compared to somebody that's well, not a friend. Especially with teenagers, because what you're saying makes so much sense. I mean, real friends are going to take the time and take it serious to answer something that's important to you. For sure. Yeah. Associates say to me like, well, you just got to keep on going. Well, it's like, you just yeah. like, don't let nobody like get you down. It's like, they're going to like quote some like meme or some sort of like Instagram post. But, but sometimes go, go really deep. This is like a really deep one where it's like, who will share bad news with you? How would those words be shared to you? If there's a, if it's a friend that's sharing a bad, like that's sharing a, sharing something that that might be, you know, something that's a hard conversation, a hard topic, mm -hmm. I guarantee you that they're they're gonna figure out a way to say it where you understand it and not hurt your feelings too much. Yeah. And then if they do hurt your feelings, they're gonna care for you enough to be like, hey, let's get it together. Yeah. And then that person that you thought was a friend, <laughs> they gonna they they gonna they gonna share the bad news to you. Yeah. And they gonna share it cold hearted and don't care. And then you're gonna be like. Like why, and then they will move on to the next topic quick. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, I hurt your feelings. Guess what? It doesn't matter. And then go back to me. Yeah. Let me tell you what I'm doing now. See, so you got you, you got That's like a that's, that's a real that's a real one right there. That's yeah. a deep one. I'm laughing because this isn't a perfect science. What I'm about to say because I've had some friends do this to me. They're, they're my best friends, mm -hmm. but they're messing with me, right? So have you guys ever heard like a good friend will tell you if you got something in your teeth or a booger in your nose, uh, right? Well, some of my best friends want me to have that yeah, stuff in my teeth, like just for me to look like an idiot, but they're trying just so I can be humbled a little bit. But usually yeah. solid friends are like, hey man, I wouldn't want a booger in my nose or something yeah, in my right. teeth when like you're about to hang out with some people like, hey man, like, they give you like, we saw this thing with my friends like, it's cloudy. Yeah. That man like, you have some boogers in your nose. Or it's like, hey man, it's like, I got something in your teeth. Mm -hmm. But what you're but what you're really getting at is that you're gonna have like a little bit more of like from a good friend response. They're not gonna leave you hanging. Yeah. Right. Right. They're, they're not gonna just like make you look like a fool. Yeah. What about you, Kay? How, how do you how do, what are some ways that you could tell if someone's being a good friend mm -hmm. or if they're if they have potential to be a good friend or if they're more like one of those hey what's up like one of those fake friends? Yeah, I just feel like all friends have different membership levels. If we have to put them in packages. Ooh, uh, membership levels. Yeah. yeah. That, some are premier. Yeah. <laughs> some are like like just the nine. 99 basic exactly. basic cable package and you just got to figure out you know in regards to those membership levels how much they're investing their time and effort into you and depending on how that goes and that's how you know you know who's really for you and the level of you know i like the membership package, yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah, so that's yeah. the output uh -huh. so like some people like have friends just in football some people just have friends in art that don't mean that they're not great friends it's just it's just different, you know. Everybody. That is different. That's, that's true, different. man. Yeah, like when I go to when I do music, that's my music friends. I'm not saying that they're they're not my you know friends friends. Yeah. But my football friends. My yeah. it's just different levels of members, like a different uh, friendship. And it grows over time because mm -hmm. some of my football friends that was football friends only mm -hmm. has became some of my best friends. And yeah. that's even going yeah. to my NFL life of mm -hmm. like some of my friends that I like got into the NFL with. I have became really friends with them mm -hmm. and like our football season our football career is over but they're real friends to me yep. see so yeah i like the levels the, le the yeah. levels is good because as a kid like when you're a teenager and like your teenagers that ask this question it's the perfect thing because when you're in high school you go through different levels you yep. go through you you will outgrow some of your friends we mm -hmm. talked about that yep. you will outgrow some of them but then in reality, you just you're either leveling up mm -hmm. some of those, some of those first going a different path, or you're leveling yeah. down because yeah. they're in levels. Because yeah. that same friend that you had in ninth grade, you might was really close to that person, mm -hmm. and then you get to your senior year, you're not as close to no them. more sleepovers, no, no more hanging out. <laughs> but guess what though, they're still your friend, yeah. and like K. Scott said, they they levels. It's levels to this. Yeah, that membership that membership level. I remember a uh, team boy told me one time, he was like, he's like, yeah, man. 
because I ask kids like their highs and lows of the week. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my, my high was I, I had a friend mm -hmm. that I gave security clearance to. Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean? It's like, mm -hmm. well, he goes, he goes, he goes, you know, in the government, like, you get, like, level one, level two, level three, but if you were, like, the top level, that means you're going to know all the secrets. Like, well, there's one friend, I didn't think I could trust him that well. Turns out he did some things I could trust more, so I told him I'm giving him clearance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's That's funny because cool. of those different membership levels, you're going to give, you're going to share deeper information with right. deeper people, right. but you usually got to see something about them that makes you think, okay. That's someone I, I could probably trust with mm -hmm. it. And maybe you test the waters, give them a little bit yeah. of information, and then keep them moving from there. Mm -hmm. Okay, we got a bunch more questions. So let's run through some more. So we got, um, that was a really good question. Um, ooh, okay. How can I understand my brother's point of view when we fight? Okay, please consider this one. Thanks. Here's one to tell you this, and I know you got a bunch of brothers. I got a bunch of brothers, okay. Now, whether it's an older, whether it's an older or a younger brother, if you want to better understand your brother's point of view when you fight, this is probably something he's heard from his parents. Mm. Probably something the parents are like, hey man, like you and your brothers, you're always fighting stuff like that. Like, why are you getting mad at him? Like, he's just doing the same thing you're doing, this and that and the other. So, what I would suggest to better understand anyone's point of view, but specifically a sibling, is take into consideration one specific thing. If it's an older brother, then usually older brothers are going to want to have some sort of power over you. Mm -hmm. They want you to listen to them. Mm -hmm. If it's a younger brother, they want you to pay attention to them. Mm -hmm. They want you to like take them seriously. That's right? So the respect, like, hey, I'm your older brother, listen to me. Or, hey, I'm your younger brother, take me seriously. I want you to see me. I want you to respect me. I'm not like some little punk, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I, can, I can handle my own. So what you do is you just state that up front. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen. I know you're my older brother and sometimes I'm disrespectful to you and I don't listen to what you say. And so, hey man, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be mean. Um, I'm gonna try to do better to respect you as my right. older brother. Right. Everybody that's older, even though you don't always deserve it, everybody that's older believes that people younger should give them a certain level of respect. Mm -hmm. Seniors think, oh, you're a sophomore? Oh no, you better like, you better respect me. I'm a senior. Right. Same thing in business. Oh, I've been here for 10 years. You're, yeah. You've been here for 10 days. You better give me some respect. Mm -hmm. right? like, and so everybody wants them to respect them. The best thing for the younger brothers to do is like, hey, listen, I know you're my older brother. I know sometimes I act this way. I bug you, whatever. I, I just want your respect, though. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'll respect you more. I'll work on that. But like, I just want you to take me seriously. Like, I know I'm younger than you, but I've learned a lot. Maybe, maybe if you listen to me, hang out with me, maybe you'll take me more seriously. I had a cool experience recently. I went to dinner with my, my older brother. He and I hadn't been to dinner for decades, right? And he invited me to go to dinner. And we sat there across from the table with his wife, my wife. And we talked like peers. And he was looking at me. He was like, man, like he was showing interest in what I had going in my life. I was looking at my wife. I'm like, this dude's actually asked me about my life. Now, that's an interesting relationship between me and my brother. But he was like, hey, man, I'm sorry I didn't know about your life. I'm sorry I was caught up in my own thing. And so for me... That was like, wow, that meant a lot to me. So if my brother shows interest in me, mm -hmm. or if I tell them, hey, listen, I'm sorry for being disrespectful, and you know, I need to respect you, you know, your leadership in the family, mm -hmm. that's a huge way. What do you think about that, Rajon? Well, I mean, um, it's, 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 when you get older, when you get older, sometimes the relationships with your family becomes, a, becomes better, mm -hmm. because it's, once you turn 21, and like you, and all your brothers is over 21, you pretty much, you like at the same type of like, yeah. You're both kids. adults. Yeah, we both adults. You know, we both pay bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe but, have kids. But, but go back to the teenager and like going back to the level. It's exactly what you said about um, respect, because it's titles. It's yeah. titles to family members. No matter oh, yeah. how you look at and it, and there's it, roles it's that they're playing. It's roles. Yeah, it's roles that you have to play, and it's roles that. That's that's in, that's you. It's just you. You're a little brother. Mom always saying, yeah. You're little, "Help your little brother. Yeah, do that for you. Be a yeah. good example." Yeah. yeah. See, and like, um, I went through that recently, at, and we talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we talked about this at Thanksgiving, like at yeah. Thanksgiving with my brothers. Mm -hmm. Like, we re I recently just went through this, almost a setup where my brother, my the youngest boy, so my youngest brother, he 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 is the man of the family because we're not there. So it's like my older brothers, we're all in different spots. He hangs up. He's with my mom, so he is the he's the big brother. You know, it's just how it goes. He's the, he's got him run man. stuff. He yeah, has to run it. But he tried to pull that power mm. with with when we was all together. Mm. <laughs> he tried to pull the power, and it's just like. Bro, you the little brother. Hey, <laughs> you know you can say whatever you, you mm -hmm. can do, feel whatever you want to feel. You're still the little brother. And my yeah. mom, 
like my mom have so much of like an understanding of like big brother little brother yeah. so she, yep, yep. she she was upset and she was just like you don't talk to your little brother this way and then my oldest brother was just like let them handle it and my mom was like well aren't you gonna say something no he's a little brother he needs to understand his place yeah to understand what it is and it's it's tough it's really it's tough i got five brothers man well, i got five it's, it's i got four older brothers that's older than me. i got a brother that's a year older than me i got a brother that's that's a, a lot of years older than I, and like i got three older brothers that's above me and the one yeah. that's a year older than me we didn't really become like really close until once we became adults yeah and like all of a sudden we can have conversations but in high school man. well the, the, this what you're saying especially with families you know me being like the family guy there has to be order for there to be safety. There has to be structure for there to be safety. In military, there's gotta be a general, captain, lieutenant, private. If you know your rank and you know your order, then things can actually work better. In healthy families, they have a healthy understanding of what that role is. The oldest brother really should be like mini dad. Yeah. Right? And in your situation without having a dad present because your dad passed away, the older brother's like, hey listen, I'm gonna let them work it out between themselves. Yep. Now, you don't want them to get in a fist fight, yeah, but, but as they get older, or even for the kids listening to this and teenagers, if you give respect to your older siblings and tell them, hey listen, I know I have respect to you, I'm gonna work on that. If I work on that, will you just do me a favor? Like, you know, like, play video games with me every now and then. Like, you know, like, don't always make fun of me, man. So my brother that's a year older than me, like, I'm bigger than him, I'm t like taller, bigger than him, and I feel like I'm way more dominant. Yeah. Like I feel like I can I can whoop my brother. I, I, feel, like I, can, I feel like I can whoop him. But yeah. at the end of the day, I would never try him. I would never go cross that line because I am a little brother. No matter how people see me as taller or whatever, yeah. I'm still a little brother. I would never ever do that to my brother where it's like, I'm going to show you that I can do I, 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 You I respect that he's been a part yeah. of the family longer. He's, he is my older brother. I yeah. will call him when things happen. Yeah. Even though somebody, it's like, it sounds better. Like, oh, mm -hmm. like getting to it when I was a kid, it's like, yeah. I'm going to call my big brother. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, it just sounds so much better. So mm -hmm. it's a respect level, but then it's roles, like you said. It's roles and it's roles to the family that keeps it safe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, look, yeah. look, look at like sports teams. Mm -hmm. The old person, the old lady or old man that's, that's coaching the team is really the leader. They can't dunk the basketball anymore. They're not hitting home runs all the time, but they have wisdom mm -hmm. that needs to be respected. Yeah, and but you have to be able to do it. Yeah, because yeah, like, you know, obviously I don't have biological brothers, but when I turned 19 years old, my mother married and he had children. And so I have brothers like technically and I don't view my stepbrothers at all. I yeah. call them my real because one of them I've been with him since he was one years old. Yeah. So I'm all he knows. And so when it came to that <laughs> when my my oldest brother moved in with us and we were all <laughs> one bedroom and we was on a bunk and it was crazy. But like like you mentioned, like the dominant factor, like my oldest brother, he was always the protector. He got all the, the, the bow and arrow shot to him and like taking all the pressure and then here I go me like I'm good to kind of move the way I want it to move. Yeah. And so whenever all the success I have, I give it to him because he's the one that protected me. Like yeah. in the streets and all that, I'm like, I'm gonna get my big brother on you. Yep. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so and then the same thing, so like when he moved away and I had to take on that big brother role cause my little brother in, now I'm taking shots for the little brother to kind of hold him. So like, it's kind of like leveling the playing field to like let him know like that order that you were yeah. talking about. Like look, I'm the big brother. And this is how we can. This is how we're gonna work together. Mm -hmm. And just think about this: when these young people are asking us questions like that, like this is what I, I like about what we talked about in the assembly today. Mm -hmm. We get this question: is like, how can I understand my brother's point of view when we fight? Mm -hmm. This, this, what we just talked about. That's not answering that question specifically. It's answering it to give some OG knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. families are. There's more than just teenagers. I didn't understand this when I was a kid. If someone would have sat me down and said, "Listen," Your brothers are this way because of that. If you go to them and give them the respect up front, mm -hmm. they're probably going to look at you differently. Mm -hmm. You don't know how annoying you are when you're a little sibling. <laughs> you don't. You have no idea how annoying you are. And then when you're an older sibling, you don't know how intimidating you are. Mm -hmm. You don't know how like the younger sibling just wants you to hang out with them. Will you play hoop with me? Will you sing with me? Read with me? Like having that one on one time. Go in and talk no, to you. Nobody around. You nobody can't, you around. Do it when nobody's around. Because if you do it with people around, it becomes a little touchy. Agreed. You have to do it one on one and pull them aside. You would know the moment. You yeah. know the moment because I've done it with my brother. 
where it's like you know the moment of just like have a heart to heart and it's and it's the best time to have it because mm -hmm. the respect factor kicks in but on top of the respect factor a complete understanding yep. of how to handle things in your roles make things go easy for your life where it's like okay i know why he's doing this yeah mm -hmm. all right let's jump to another question very that was good i love that one this one uh how can i be a good friend to someone who is going through something that i haven't okay this one we don't have to take as much time on because this one's a pretty clear-cut thing mm -hmm. where I want you guys obviously to weigh in on it. Whenever you can relate to someone, mm -hmm. it makes it easier for you to give them advice or suggestions because you're like, oh, I've been through that. The problem with that is sometimes we take what we went through and assign it like, oh, because I went through something the same, here's what you need to do. It's not just because it's the same, like let's say two kids, they both went, their parents went through a divorce. Oh, my parents went through a divorce too. You just need to do this. Not all divorces are the same, right? That, that could be a totally situation. So when you haven't been through something that someone else has been through, a lot of people tell me, it's like, I feel like I don't have the right to comment on it. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to give advice. So I just sit there and like, don't really say nothing. Mm. The best thing you can do is to state up front. Hey, I've never been through this. However, because you're going through this and I'm your friend, Here's one thing I can tell you, even though I've never been through this, you don't have to go through this alone. Mm, that's real. You make a statement like you don't have to go through this alone. Cause I know when I'm going through something really hard, like I've had a lot of health issues the past few years. I can't tell someone, oh, you know what it's like that one time when you got meningitis, COVID, heart issues, all the same things I had. They'd be like, no, I don't know anyone that had all that messed up stuff. Like, and I can't go to my friends like, oh, you know, I've never had cancer, but I know what you're going through. It doesn't work like that. But to tell someone, Hey, listen, I've never been through this and I don't have to go, I don't have to have gone through this to know that I got your back while you're going through this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just need to know we can talk to our friends mm -hmm. without any pressure, without any judgment. And sometimes I actually prefer talking to people that haven't gone through what I've gone through mm -hmm. because I have to say it differently. Mm -hmm. You have to actually think of a way to better explain it. When it's someone's going through what you've gone through, they'll finish your sentence for you. True. And you're like, oh, it's a huge relief because now I can just easily get off my chest. They get it. But other times when, when someone hasn't been through it, you have to go, hmm, now I have to explain it. And if that person just sits back and listens, it helps you understand it better. Because mm. you have to get better at explaining your own stress, your own problems. That's true. What are you guys saying about that? That's, that's a good question. That's a really good question. And like me at 36 years old, I'm still trying to learn how to not read the cues pretty much. Yep. Being able to be not vulnerable, but be more caring because football has really took the caring part out of me of like, like something happens, like, okay, whatever. I'm like trying to learn how to deal with this. So to hear what this kid, yeah. this, this kid asked this really important question, yeah. he has to understand that or she, we don't know, yeah, whoever it is, yeah. Teenagers have to understand that even at the level that they're at right now, it's still adults, me, myself, that's dealing with how to understand and take in somebody's having a little bit of problems and how to be more caring about it, how to open up, like you just said, about hearing that, that's going to be a tip for me, so hopefully tip for everybody else is being able to somebody share something with me and I can just tell them, like, look, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but you're not going to go through this alone. Let me at least, like, can you teach me a little bit more about it or tell me more about it and yeah. try to process it. Like, having those type of conversations is like, Think, thinking back to some of my relationships yep. of like, you know, maybe I should have did it that way instead of yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, cool, whatever. And, and how many times do we really need someone to answer our problems for us? We just kind of need someone to bounce it off of us yeah. and to support us. Or, 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 or do what uh, I say my Utah family do. It's like, if I say something, stop everything that they're doing. And then like, okay, really take the time to look at me in my face. I'm like, okay, That's a good one. It. That right there, it helps so much more. And so don't look at your phone. Yeah, don't look at your phone. Don't be like, oh, well, oh, that yeah, okay. sucks to be you. Yeah, that, 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 that right there. Yeah, that, <laughs> While you're texting someone else. Like, just stopping what you're doing and really taking that moment in mm -hmm. of what this person is sharing. Like can that. go so much deeper. Mm -hmm. And like it that. can really, it, it, it's not going to solve everything. It's not going to make it like, oh, everything's patched up. We're all good. No, but it's going to really take that, take that to another level of like, hey, like this, this person cares about what I'm mm -hmm. saying even though they don't know what I'm going through, but I want to share more with them. And I know that I'm not going through this completely alone because they stopped everything and be like, okay, tell me now. Mm. You know? 
I want to add too though, and this is just, this wasn't part of the question, I just want to add this because I'm, I'm always a little skeptical because teenagers, this has always been an issue, but now in today's world can be even more of an issue. Sometimes teenagers will have a friend give them lots of support, give them lots of help, and then they're like, oh my gosh, now my friend can be my therapist, my oh, counselor. Yeah. So whoever is listening to this podcast, I mean, because I know a lot of kids from Fremont listen to it, a lot of young people from Fremont, whoever's listening to this, there's a fine line you got to be really careful between being a support person versus trying to save somebody. Mm -hmm. We can't save our friends, we can only support them. And when teenagers come to me, it's like, yeah, my friend's suicidal, my friend's going through this hard time, but they told me not to tell anyone because because their parents will flip out this and that and the other. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. You should hold in secrets for your friend when they're struggling as like a way of like, oh, I'm going to hold my secret. I'm going to hold their secret because I don't want them to, to get mad at me. No, when there's safety involved or if your friend's dumping all their problems on you and now you're getting depressed from it, that's when you got to start referring your friend and talk to their parents, talk to a counselor, talk to someone else. Because as a friend, we can just do that. Be a friend. We're on an even playing field. We can give suggestions, ideas, but we can't tell our, our friends, yeah, well, my 30 years in my life that I'm 15 years old. You know, it's like, you guys as teenagers don't have enough experience to give all this up, but you can relate if you're close to them. But like this person said, if you don't, they haven't gone through what they've gone through, give them the attention, mm -hmm. about face, right. pay them attention, and then at the same time, let them know that you haven't, you know, experienced that, but you'd like to understand. And also ask, okay, from what you are going through, how do you see me helping you in this situation? So that Very good, you, know, yeah. you can know. Like ask them, what could I do for you? Do you yeah, have any idea? Yeah. yeah. So that you won't overstep your boundaries. Yeah. And also, they can know what to expect from you. And you can meet those expectations to fulfill it. Our plan and action, pretty much. That's all it is. Do you remember what we used to do in groups? So in the quit, trip, and sport groups, we had this very simple rule. We used to say we give suggestions, ideas, not opinions and advice. Mm, yep, yep, yep. And what we'd say, we'd have all the kids say, hey, I don't know your situation different from mine, but... I'll give you a suggestion of something mm -hmm. you might want to try that's worked for me. Mm -hmm. That way the person gets to pick and choose if they want to use or not. Because I hate it when people are like, oh, you need to do this. And you're like sitting there going, okay, that doesn't work for me. But you're like, okay, okay. And then a couple days later, did you do that? I was like, no. Nope. Like, why did you do that? I spent two hours telling you what I thought you should do with your life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, but that wasn't for me. So that's another good way. It's like, hey, I don't want to tell you I do it, but... I give you my thoughts or suggestion, mm -hmm. kind of take it or leave it. That way it's yep. not so forceful. I know a lot of young people, they don't want to disappoint their friends. And so sometimes you'll take your friend's advice, even though you don't think it's good advice, but because you have loyalty to your friend, mm -hmm. you don't want them to think you're not taking it seriously. For sure. Okay. All right, let's get to another question. All right. So that was the friends one. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. All right. Ooh, how do I overcome the fear of rejection. Well, you only get good at what you practice and have exposure to. So if you constantly avoid rejection or things that could make you feel like you're a failure, then you're going to see rejection as some sort of like um, testimony or validation that you're not good, that something's wrong with you. If you look at the fear of rejection as, you know what, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? Yep. This person could say no. What's the best thing that happened to me? This person could say yes to be my friend, to go on a date with me or whatever. In between there is usually the higher percentage, right? You may like, it's, if it's a friend, hey, you want to hang out? It's like, if they go, oh no, I'm busy. That doesn't mean you stop your asking people to hang out with you. If you ask someone out on a date or to go to a dance and they say, no, I, you know, I'm not interested, I want to go out with someone else. Don't tuck your tail and say, all right, well, the one time I tried, it didn't work out, so I'm going to give up. That's like going for a job interview and not getting the job. It's like, well, I'm going to quit looking for job interviews. Mm -hmm. You need money. You need a job interviews. Well, just as much as you need money, you need connections. Right. How do you get better at connecting with people if you're not practicing it? Right. And I think at that phase, when you're talking about fear of rejection, it's just like in sales. You know what I'm saying? The more no's is getting you closer to a yes. And at that point, you're just collecting data, finding what works and what, what doesn't work. And the more data that you're collecting, you're able to figure out and piece together, like, okay, I'm gonna do this and now it's gonna work this way. So 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 for the teenagers out there, explain that to them, because I know what you're saying, like it's like in sales. Right. Mm -hmm. So when we when we talk about in sales, we're talking about going after people that we want services, business from for our personal gain, whatever it may be. And so a lot of times it's cold calling, meaning um, calling people we never talked to before, never spoke with before, and we're asking them to purchase something off of us. 
So you can't have a fear of rejection if you're calling strangers, right. asking them to buy something from exactly. you. You got to get over that real quick. Real quick. And, and what I've learned, you know, going through the sales methodology and training, it's okay if someone says no. Maybe your information, maybe your what you're presenting isn't right for them. Maybe yeah. it's not right. There's so many things that that goes into someone saying no that you shouldn't be um, fear of when it comes to rejection. I think the longer after rejection you wait to ask someone else on a date, to ask someone else to hang out, mm -hmm. to connect with people, the longer you wait, the more you get inside your own head. For sure. Yeah. Like if you're an athlete, if you make a mistake and you come out the game and you're like, oh my gosh, I made a mistake, and you freeze and you don't try to do something to make up for that mistake, you're going to overthink it, overthink yeah, it, overthink it. You know, it's funny because <laughs> talking about being an athlete, a lot of times where I felt my worst is when I'm scared to make a mistake. You know, when, like when I'm running around and I'm scared yeah. that, I'm, that I might drop the ball, I'm thinking like, okay, don't drop the ball. That's when I shoot, dang it, I dropped the ball because I'm thinking too much about it. When I just naturally let things flow, however they, they flow, without trying to take control of whatever the outcome could be, things flow a little bit naturally. That's hard to do, though. Mm -hmm. That's real, especially for teenagers, too. It it's like hard. rejection. Do you guys remember what it was like? Because we, we couldn't text girls. Right. I remember the first time I told a girl I love her, she was like... Oh, yeah. you're so sweet. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I was getting a whole different vibe from her. And she's like, oh, you're so sweet. I was like, what? I thought you liked me too. Oh, I told you I had a boyfriend. I'm like, well, you didn't tell me I had a boyfriend. So yeah. And the next day I was like, oh man. And so at that time, if I could have texted a girl and been like, oh, that was supposed to be to my mom. Wrong person. Like, wrong person. I would have, but I had to sit there. I'm like, we're in a car. Mm hmm late at night talking, and she thought we were friends. Mm -hmm. All this time, I thought we are like, had the thing together. <laughs> and here I am, like, Mr. Like, athlete, thinking I'm, yeah. like, the man. I'm, like, oh, damn, I just got humbled. Quickly, I found out she didn't want to go to dance with me. Mm -hmm. she, she didn't like me like that. And I was, like, oh. Yeah. She just liked the attention of hanging out, right? What? So I had to quickly either shut down and not ask someone mm -hmm. else, but I asked right. another girl that had a class with me that was nice to me. Mm -hmm. She's cool. She's, like, yeah, I'd love to go with you. I got to have someone go with me because that girl, she could I could tell she was like, uh, and I didn't really say I love her. It was more like, you know, like, I really like I you a lot. Yep. You know, yeah. <laughs> hey, no, I'm taking it back. You know, I, was, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, I think I was like, I think I kind of like, like you a lot, you know? And she was like, like a wink. Maybe that's what creeped her out. Okay. Don't do what I did guys. Okay. Right. My point is though, it's, I had to get back out there, right? And right. I think if you take rejection mm -hmm. so personally, you will take it as if something's wrong with For you. Sure. Mm -hmm. When everybody gets rejected. Mm -hmm. There's never been a success story it's like, yeah, when I woke up, I was given millions of dollars, and as I got older, my parents took care of me, gave me millions of dollars, and everybody told me what I wanted to hear. Yep. That's not a success story. That's a fantasy, <laughs> right? Okay, I got another question for you from the Fremont High School students. How do you know when someone is holding you up or holding you back from a successful path to better yourself? I'll just, off, off the dome right now, you know your allies versus your enemies based on a couple things. Are they constantly criticizing you and ridiculing you and mocking you for your successes? Or are they encouraging you and are they like applauding you for your successes? Because hating comes in all different forms. Yeah, yeah but, but put ourselves back in a teenage mind, mm -hmm. like when we was younger, I don't think that I would be able to read it and understand it. Like if I was back in high school, I don't think I would be able to understand completely who's a good friend, who's a real close friend, compared to who's not a friend because there's so much going on. It's so... Yeah. I, I, well, that, that, that's what that's yeah, what they're asking. Yeah, and it's tough because you go to so many different periods and then it's like yeah. you ain't got the same friends in different periods that's true. in high school. So what was our thinking back then? Because back then... I, I wouldn't know. I, I, the, only, the only way that I would know personally is that I play football, he plays football. I play video games, he plays video games. We're about to connect on this. That's the only way I would know back then, but it's tough. It's, well, it's okay, hard. so let's look at the question, though, because you're saying, how would you know if someone is helping you up or holding you back? So that's a very specific thing. Sure. And so what I, what, I, what I was getting at, and I see what you're saying, but what I think the question is wanting to hear from us is like, 
they don't know how to read those signs. Mm -hmm. Oh, take, hey, take the SAT. Like, I'm about to go take the SAT. Somebody will be like, okay, cool. You, you want to go do it for your future. Yeah. And then somebody that's telling you to take the SAT, like, nah, you shouldn't take it. Well, that, that, that's, that's what the, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So if you're like, hey, I, I'm going to try to get uh, good grades and study this class. Why are you doing that? Yes. Mm -hmm. So okay. that, so, so if someone is criticizing you trying to better yourself, even in the little ways, because we all have little frenemies. For sure, without a doubt. Have you ever had a friend? I've had a friend one time that I got a new car and it wasn't brand new, it was new to me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh man, so how's your week? I'm like, oh, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of stoked, you know, I got a new car. It wasn't even like a really expensive car. I was like, oh, it must be nice to be all rich. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. I'm like, first of all, dude, I'm a therapist for a living. I ain't rich. <laughs> Second of all, don't act like you're broke and poor. Debbie he was just having a pity. Yeah, he was a deputy. He was having a pity party mm -hmm. for himself, and he was in this place where like he couldn't be happy for me for anything. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing. If you see people like slowly like, oh yeah, well you know, if you make a joke and they, they don't laugh, but not they don't laugh, but they mock you because of it, mm -hmm. or if they're constantly saying you know little things behind your back that you're hearing from other people, mm -hmm. right? If they're saying things like, hey man, like I'm glad you got an A on that test. What'd you get? I got to, if they say, I got to see, but you know, I'm glad you studied hard for it. Good friends will swallow their pride, swallow their failures. And you, you know, that they're probably jealous. You know, that they, I know some friends that they like the same girl mm -hmm. and yeah. one of them, one of them, one of them, the, the girl, the girl dates the one and is friends with the other one. The one whose friends like they could either hate or they could be like, Dang, man, like, you're lucky, man. <laughs> like, you got, like, it's like, if you can just concede, like, hey, listen, like, I'm happy for you. I'm glad, you know, sh you know you're happy, but still kind of bummed. Saying those things out loud as a friend trying to deal with their own insecurities. But if you have a friend hold things in, resentment grows. Mm -hmm. Envy. Res envy and resentment grow and jealousy. Everything, everything you can think of. They can't bad. be happy for you. No. They can't be happy for you. So would you agree with that, yeah. Kenneth? Like, especially for teenagers, just being able to pick up, like, man, this person's like, mm -hmm. they're always like doing this weird shade throwing at me all the time. All the time, and <laughs> I ain't gonna call out names, but don't say names. Just use their initials. I'm just kidding. <laughs> man, you know, for, like, for, like for me, like I'm gifted creativ creatively um, in many aspects, whether it's music, you know, whatever it may be, and like how I hear things musically, and. When you try to help someone with something, I, I don't know, I break it down, but you can just feel the energy. I, I'm a big energy guy, so if if I say something that, that I'm excited about, I can feel the level of energy, whether you make me feel expansive and motivated or you just like bringing me back to what I'm like, yeah, really? Well, you know, I mean, I can say this because I know you. When you say you're a big energy guy, what you're really saying is that you're actually really sensitive to other people's comments, their vibes, like what they're saying. And that's not a bad thing. Being sensitive to other people's energies like that, that's a good, that's a good survival instinct. Mm -hmm. But it also is because <clears throat> artists, <clears throat> one of my favorite artists, uh, me and my wife love Erica Badu. Oh, you know me too. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. She starts out with one of her songs. I've seen in concert playing times. And for you young kids who've never heard her, she starts out with one of her songs. She said, she goes, I'm an artist. <laughs> she stands up there before she starts getting sensitive. Before she starts saying, she goes, hey, I'm about to play something for you guys. So, but I'm an artist, so I'm sensitive about my shiz. Okay? Yep, yep. I love Erica Badu, man. And so what she really says is like, hey, like I'm about to perform for you guys on stage. So like... Mm -hmm. Don't, like, just give me a chance to perform. Like, you know, I'm an artist, but I'm sensitive about myself. And I thought about that. I'm like, it's so true because when you're an artist, there's no guarantee that it's going to land with people, mm -hmm. that everybody's going to like your stuff. You put out 100 songs, you may have two hits if you're lucky. True. Mm -hmm. Right? True. So when I say you're sensitive, I mean, like, I think most teenagers, they're told by adults or they're told by their friends, like, oh, you're being emotional, you're being, you're being sensitive. But if you really describe your sensitivity, it's like, okay, well, am I being overly emotional? If you were to ask yourself a teenager, mm -hmm. or am I just being really aware that other people aren't really being cool with me? Mm -hmm. I had a conversation with a, I had met with a client earlier today. She has a former best friend that was really, has been really mean to her the past month. Mm -hmm. Well, he told her that he liked her and wanted to date her, and she said she didn't like him like that. And ever since then, he's been really mean to her. Mm -hmm. So she goes, how do I handle this? I go, you go to his house, you initiate it, you go up to him and say, hey, listen, 
I'm sorry for hurting you. I shouldn't have handled it like that. Because she kind of like laughed at him because she didn't know what to say. She's like, oh, you don't like me like that. Laughed around. He wasn't joking. I mean, he was being serious. Go apologize. Tell him that you should have handled it differently. And realize he's actually very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you're right. He is sensitive. He's cried to me a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So he's being mean to her because she hurt his feelings. She didn't mean to hurt his feelings. And so when we talk about sensitivity, when we talk about, you know, and that's, that's what I love about these questions, when you have a friend that's holding you back, sometimes it's worth it if it's a good friendship to go to this friend and say, hey man, like, I'm feeling like <clears throat> you're not happy for me, hating on me, <clears throat> and bring it up to that friend one-on-one mm -hmm. yep. -on -one, mm -hmm. when no one else is around, and just tell them after you say this, like, I know this may not sound too cool to say whatever, but like, it hurts my feelings, yeah. man. Like, maybe you don't mean to do it. If you don't mean to do it, I just want to let you know, like, you know, like I don't bring up your personal stuff to make mm -hmm. fun of you. And and if they apologize and say, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was doing it, say, just from now, like, we have like a little agreement, like, if we're in front of our friends, because usually it happens in a group. Mm -hmm. Usually it happens in the group where someone gets salty. Girls be like making fun of their friends, like, why are you making fun of me, my friends? Mm -hmm. Well, there's boys around. They want a low blow. Right? <laughs> they want a low blow. Guys, the same thing. Like, we'll pick, you know, you, you with your boys, you'll mess around with each other. But every now and then, someone becomes the whipping boy. Mm -hmm. Someone becomes a person everybody picks on. I've told kids, I've counseled them, like, if you become the person that you're like the butt of the jokes, they're messing with you, you got to pull that guy aside and say, hey, man, like, I don't really like, I've had guys, my own friends, pull me aside and say, dude, you embarrass me. And oh, I got a little carried away. Mm -hmm. Sometimes young men, sometimes people, we get carried away. Mm -hmm. We don't realize our jokes weren't funny to that person. Yes. That's true. Uh, That's true. Mm -hmm. So instead of just abandoning the friendship, if it's a good friendship, you should probably, you know, call them out in a way like, hey, come on now, like. I don't appreciate that. Tell them how you feel, but do it one-on-one. -on -one. That's real. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys, um, we'll end that for today. I know we're going to chop these up into individual questions. We're going to get tons of questions out there. We're going to answer all the questions. It may take us <clears throat> a month, but we're going to get to all the questions. From now on, for everybody that's been listening to OG Therapy, if you can see, we started OG Therapy in August. Mm -hmm. We've been, you know, for a while, interviewing some people. Interviews are really hard to get people and they're scheduling. So I kind of was like, oh, I got away from the interviews at the beginning of the year. Been having a Rojo come on, talking mostly to like men and stuff. But after this assembly and um, as we've been talking about today to all of our listeners, OG therapy, you'll see in the next month, this is going to be for youth. Mm -hmm. We're going to be really, now parents, you're welcome to listen, right? And then Light the Fight, my other podcast, that's going to be for parents. So from now on, from episode 22 moving forward, it's going to be specifically for all you teens, for all you young adults out there. Parents, you're, you're more than welcome to, to creep in and kind of see what we're talking about to see if the OG therapy advice that we're giving and suggestions is helpful for your teen and your kids. If you like what we're saying, please share it with your kids. You guys out there listening to all you teenagers, if you have a friend that has a situation going in their life, you think the answers that we're given, the conversation we're given, send them uh, some of the episodes that we put, we'll be putting out there. And you guys, thank you so much. I think this is going to be fun. We've got a lot more OG therapy assemblies. By the way, if you want us to come to an assembly at your high school, you can go visit our website. You can send us, hit us up in the DMs on Instagram. You can message us on YouTube. Um, but you can just go to our website as well, OG Therapy Inc. So OG Therapy, I-N-C. Dot com. Check that out. You can send us uh, your information. We'd love to come to your high school. And uh, we'll be doing business ones in the near future as well. So if you want us to come talk to your business, please let us know. But right now we're focused on the youth. And until next time, thank you, fellas. And thank you, all you teenagers up at Fremont High School and whoever may listen to this. And thank you, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon.